Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today is Klaus Moosmeyer. Klaus is a member of the Executive Committee and Chief Ethics Risk and Compliance Officer for Novartis. And today we're going to be talking about their annual employee survey. Klaus, first, thank you for taking time to talk to us. I was very intrigued by the work you've been doing. First, can you tell us what's the scope of the survey? Well, thank you, Adam. So the survey is the second we just uh, concluded last end of last year now in the in the days of exploring the outcome. What we want to get is first-hand data from as many of our employees globally as we can to get a sense of how they perceive and how they see and how they react on unethical behavior in their local context, in their workplace, how leadership is acting or non-acting upon their complaints or their perception. You want to learn about their ethical dilemmas. And then it's part of our overall ethical journey, which started with our new code of ethics uh, in 2020. And we want to continuously get live data from the ground on this ethics journey. And in terms of continuing getting it, obviously having an annual survey is, is a great way to do it. Now, do the questions change much year to year or do they tend to largely stay the same? Great question. I mean, it's a scientific uh, uh, survey. So it's, it's made by our behavioral scientists of our ethics, risk and compliance team. And you know, Adam, scientists, they want to compare data. Uh, because then uh, they can draw a conclusion, they can advise us uh, what can we do differently in the company. So to your question, most part of the around 60 questions, it's a lot, uh, is staying the same, just to be able to compare. However, we learn from one survey to the other survey and adapt certain questions accordingly. I give you one practical example. In, in the first survey we did, we found out that nearly 80% of the employees go first to their leaders, their managers, if they observe unethical behavior. So in the second survey we just closed, we focused more, how are these leaders reacting? Are they listening? Are they reacting at all? Uh, are they supporting? Are they escalating? So as we run on these surveys, we adapt to the need. Which makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you want to take advantage of the learning that you got from the previous one to better inform the, the next one. One of the things I found striking as you were talking about the survey is you receive responses from almost half of employees, which is just an enormously high response rate for something that's voluntary. Um, it's, and it's also remarkable given how surveyed out people tend to be these days. How do you encourage responses? Yeah, the first statement would be the survey has to be part of a bigger concept. If you just say in a company, oh, tomorrow I run an ethical baseline survey without having the organization prepared for this, without having this in the context of a broad discussion of dilemmas, culture and the company you potentially will not get this kind of, of feedback by the organization. So first statement would be the company needs to be prepared for this. The leadership needs to stay 
behind this. This has to be part of something bigger. Second, there's a lot of learnings how you communicate about the survey. It's not mandatory, but we have a concept to bring this top to the employees by global messaging, but also locally. So we get all of our country presidents uh, engaged to promote the survey. We drive a kind of competition uh, uh, between the countries because the survey, uh, there's a digital tracker where we see the, the numbers of colleagues participating and we provide our ethics, risk and compliance heads in the countries about this number. So there's a kind of healthy competition. How are the, com the countries doing and getting the colleagues uh, organized and engaged uh, to the survey? And then, because you said about the survey fatigue, I believe there's a fatigue of inactivity after surveys. People are simply fed up being surveyed and then there's no action afterwards. So what we try to do very, very diligently after the first survey to showcase how we use the data and what are we changing. And I believe this helped us to get to this record high participation in the second survey. And that's a really good point you make there. It's sort of like when a it's similar to the question of investigations, helpline allegations is when somebody comes to the compliance department with anything, you want them to see that there is some outcome from it. It doesn't go into just a black hole and using that data to change things um, makes a, a good effort in terms of not only changing culture, but encouraging future responses. Now, how is the survey data typically used by Novartis? Yeah, it's a, a global approach and it's a very local approach, Adam. I think this this has to be this way. So globally, we get, of course, the aggregate data, we see the country data, and we uh, educate also leadership about it. So this survey is brought to the executive committee and we discuss it. Uh, in this team, I think there it should start. It's also <laughs> a kind of tone from the top that the survey is, is relevant for leadership and for the board uh, of, of a company as well. We made a decision to integrate the survey outcome in our digital ethics, risk and compliance platform. What does this mean? So we have the ethics, risk, compliance control room. So each country ethics, risk, compliance had can see the survey results in her or his dashboard. So they really get the live data from the survey in their country. So the regional head see it. I see it in my control tower. And then we make decisions. So as a practical example, after the first survey, we saw that there is still a deep fear of retaliation in the company. So one tangible result of the first survey was that we put a specific anti-retaliation policy in place and trained and communicated this globally. That's a global response. But I think even more importantly, at a, locally, we expect that each country president and head of ethics, risk and compliance uses the service data locally in their context where it matters, roundtables, 
town halls, one-to-ones, ask the right question. Why is my data point on psychological safety different from other countries? What can we do? Are there specific indications from other compliance or risk indicators from our control room which can explain this? So we trigger really also a big local discussion about the results. I've got to imagine that's got to have a lot of impact both on employees seeing those conversations and also on leaders um, having it both looking at the data and then hearing what employees have to say. Uh, it's definitely a, a positive step for helping the corporation move forward in a really positive way. Now, there's a lot of people who are either struggling to launch a survey or aren't sure that their survey is doing what it needs to do. What advice would you give them? <laughs> this, this question relates nicely to the last one about the, the local reaction, reaction leadership. Because let's be honest, I mean, everyone wants to see positive survey results. And uh, part of the game is to also trigger this kind of defensive uh, behavior of leaders and see why are they defensive about their results. I mean, the classical explanation is, yeah, the culture in our country is different and we're always negative. But is this really, is this really the right answer? So uh, I think one of the, the issues why companies are struggling getting these global service in place is there's simply a fear that there will be unpleasant results which then, as we just discussed before, you and I need to trigger action because if you don't act on this, it becomes worse. But a couple of maybe more tangible thoughts, what, what could be done? First, highlight the need. I mean, if, if there's no support from leadership to do this, if there's not overall uh, an atmosphere that the company is on a constant cultural journey, is acknowledging that we are not perfect, then it doesn't make sense to start. There has to be an openness. The HR organization, Adam, needs to be in support. That's a big, um, also a gatekeeper who needs to support this as well, also from a communication point of view. So highlight the need, the first point. Second one, start small, maybe do a pilot. See how this works in a specific context before you go uh, really global. Um, next point, build on science. I mean, building a survey, and you notice, Adam, this is not something what you just should buy from a shelf and then bring to your company. This need to be focused on the company, on the risk profile, on the context, and this has to be run by behavioral scientists. Select a concept. There are different concepts for surveys. We heavily rely on Amy Edmondson's uh, leadership on psychological safety. She's a Harvard professor, as you well know. Uh, so we need a methodology behind this as well. And then I, I can only double index on this, act on results. Act on results visibly. Tell the organization what have we learned and what we are changing, adapting globally and locally. 
And I like the fact that that takes things really full circle and thinking in that way, no doubt leads to much more successful effort. Well, Klaus, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.